Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is happening? My name is Curtis. I am one of your hosts along with me, my good buddy Dustin. How are you, sir? I am running off of two hours of sleep. Yeah, we've loaded you up with enough sleep the day before. Yeah, we've loaded you up with a lot of coffee today. We'll just say that. It, it really didn't work. I'm telling you. I don't know. Well, the, the the person that coffee is working for is also on the line with us. His name is Cameron. How are you, sir? Good, man. So, Curtis, your voice, I, there's a certain, what do, how do we say, just you, you feel positive and, 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 I don't know, boisterous. It, it's really weird. It's like you, mm. you didn't play standard this week. You might say I have the legacy glow. We'll just say that, <laughs> right? Um, now we'll get to that here in a bit. Um, just want to mention a few things. Number one, uh, we just got done playing in an invitational qualifier for Star City. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But first, I want to do kind of our usual thing and talk about our F and M's this week. Um, Dustin, I'm going to lead off with you. You, as per the usual, did not play, uh, but you did. Wheel and deal. So talk about that a little bit. Um, well, this wasn't on FNM. This was actually Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told by a friend um, that has known a shop owner for a while that there would be a, a way to get a discount if you buy a large amount at one time, right? Mm-hmm. And there's been multiple stores that I've gone to, and basically I'm dropping like $1,000 cash, right? And these stores just, they don't want to budge on price, right? I mean, one store just flat out wouldn't budge on any price whatsoever, right? Which was just outrageous, right? It's just totally weird because, I mean, their profit margins are so high on some of this stuff. The other store said, oh, we'll work with you. You know, we'll double check some prices and we'll make sure to get you a discount. So off of almost $1,000 worth of cards, they discounted it by $60. (laughs) Which, I mean, a discount's a discount, right? But... I purposely yeah. went like an hour out of my way driving in one direction to get to this place because I was told that they'd work with me. And round trip, that's like my gas money, right? It's ridiculous. Right. I just So what what kind of loyalty do you have to build, you know, when you're when you're spending that kind of money like each time, right? Yeah. So my question are are how do I put it? I don't want to sound mean. Are are these shop owners scared or frightened because of something like this? Is it is it just like it's way too much money for me to deal with where I'm not going to cut you a discount because I'm worried that maybe I'm losing out in some capacity? Well, okay, so it's not like I'm asking for a huge discount, right? But even something like 10% wouldn't be bad, right? I mean, fair enough. It's not like I say, you know, chop the price in half or something. It's like, you know, just work with me a little. And I'm spending like a G at one time. And if you make me happy, I'll come back and do it again over and over and over. Right. Wouldn't you want a customer that's one that's going to spend like a thousand dollars a month? Yeah, dude, I think that's totally reasonable. I'm interested to know your preference. Do you prefer like. You know, getting to know a store owner and working on an individual basis with your deal. Some stores that we go to do, you know, structured rewards programs that have right. incentives built in that way. Do you like that more or should it be a combination? What would you prefer if you were to run a store? Let me put it that way. Um, I prefer just to get to, to know the store owner on an individual basis. I mean, 
you know, tell them what you're looking for, um, what you're expecting, and, you know, you're you're both coming out ahead, right? I mean, you get the cards that you're looking for without having to pay the, the you know, exorbitant price, and they're making a huge lump sum of money um, in profit all at the same time, right? Yeah, and I have to admit, like, a lot of times... As someone that's bought into Legacy over the last three years, it's kind of amazing to me how little sometimes store owners will work with me on price, especially when it comes to condition, you know, right. and, and especially when you're buying Underground Seas or whatever, condition matters a lot, you know, and uh, they won't even want to talk to you. They just look at the high Star City price and kind of want to rip you off from there, mm-hmm. and then they get upset with you whenever you order from Star City. It's really a weird kind of thing that happens with some store owners and some store owners are great you know it, it, um, but it you're right Dustin like the... that it seems like everybody wants to be Star City right they're like if you'll pay Star City this price why can't we get the same price right and mm-hmm. I, I think one of the big reasons why Star City is so successful is nine out of ten times they have every single card you're looking for at once they never say mm-hmm. you know we're not going to be able to get you this right I mean every now and then things do go out of stock right but mm-hmm. um, they're just they're real quick at shipping your stuff. Uh, they're good with their their you know conditioning, and it's just you want to spend a thousand dollars with Star City. I mean, your, your stuff's at your house in three days, sometimes sooner. P.S. This this podcast is not sponsored by Star City in any way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but well, don't get but don't I, I know what, no. I know what you're saying. I would I would throw that at Card Kingdom too or Channel Fireball. Like I've had good experiences with all right. those shops. Um, the major retailers. Um, by the way, so just let's bring some closure to this discussion. Oh, well, Did hang, you spend the on. money? I got one more thing here, okay? Uh-oh. So You want a t-shirt? No, 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 no. So <laughs> this, it really irked me today. The shop that we had gone to um, had cards in a case that were clearly priced with a sticker gun, right? Uh, on the outer sleeve. And... <sighs> You know that they paid less than what the sticker price is, right? So they're still making profit. So I tell them, I want, you know, four of these, the two of these, and then, you know, another, like, two or three of these cards. It would have added up to being, like, 250-some-odd dollars worth of cards, right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as I point at what I want, and mind you, I've never been in this store before, right? Uh, so you would think that a new customer, they would want to make happy as well. They tell me, well, the sticker price on there is not the actual price. Anytime we take a card out of our case, we double-check to see if it's gone up. And then they proceed to charge full Star City price, right? And to me, that's ridiculous. That's like, I, I don't know, like you go to Walmart and buy a bag of oranges, and the, the teller just like sits there and says, well, hang on. we got to see if the stocks have changed on oranges and if we need to charge you more per pound, right? It makes absolutely yeah. no sense. And... It, some of these stores nowadays are even having um like cards that are higher than Star City price and everybody knows Star City is like the highest place to go, right? That's why people love going to like Channel Fireball and Card Kingdom because you can always find a deal, it's a little bit cheaper, stuff like that. And these these shops locally, I I I guess they feel like they have the inventory where a lot of other people don't. So you're they like almost feel like they're forcing you to buy from them, right? If you want the card in time right. for the tournament. Dude, and my run-in with that is not about the money. I had one time where, you know, I had a stack of, you know, commons, uncommons that are, like, legacy playable, like Pyroblast, this kind of thing, right? right. 
um, brainstorms and I stick, I stick them on the counter and there's probably 40 cards and the dealer made me wait while he looked up every single, every single one on oh. Star City. Wow. And I was sitting there wow, for like wow, wow. 30 minutes. Right. Uh, and it was awful. And it didn't really respect my time. So, you know, hey, if you're going to be one of these people that doesn't sticker your cards, look, I get that. But be speedy. Respect my time as the customer. I feel right. like this is like Consumer Reports with Magic <laughs> right? Gathering today. It's well, good. Th- th- what it comes down to is, especially when a big tournament's coming up, Plan ahead of time what you want to play at this tournament and just start going to eBay. I mean, you can get stuff on eBay for 30, 40% less than a lot of the dealers. You yeah. know, I mean, sure, the condition might be a little bit worse, but you're going to save money hand over fist. I mean, so you're telling Magic players that have trouble arriving to a tournament on time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know, nice. especially with the price influx of, uh, you know, a lot of legacy cards and a lot of modern cards, I mean, it, it's a slow way for. You know, you just stand up and say, I'm not going to keep paying these outrageous prices, right? Mm. You know, fair I'm going to pay a fair market value, which, you know, eBay auction style is open market, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of, yeah, sure. you know, just being forced into buying it because I waited too long, right? Right on, right on. So, Dustin's mad, and he wants <laughs> you to stand up, right to buy Magic And cards. save yourself some money. And save yourself some money. So, Cameron... You also have a rant of the week. What did you do last night? Or did you play I, modern? Uh, well, it was a form of modern. It was a, uh, we'll say a, a merfolk celebration. Uh, <laughs> merfolk con twenty fourteen, yeah, right? Uh, no, I played modern, uh, and I had once again just a total blast. I didn't have as much fun as I did with legacy, uh, but I got to play modern, and it it was a it was a very enjoyable experience. Um, so I suited up my Merfolk deck. I finally got the chance to like, you know, go with this. Um, had two Mutavolts in there, a couple Caverner Souls, and just felt like it was just a, a good deck. Uh, arrive at the shop, and I just, you know, as I'm walking through the tables, I see one guy, and he's clearly playing a Merfolk deck. He has a couple of Lords out on the on the table. I was like, oh, I'm gonna maybe mirror that guy, you know, and then. Uh, I arrived about a half hour early, and of course, there's another guy there with another Merfolk deck. Um, and you would have thought that this was a Merfolk convention, the way that there are so many people playing uh, Merfolk. And in the first, I went two and two, which I was really, really happy with. And I have like this love-hate relationship with Merfolk, because the deck works really, really well. Um, but, you know, everybody's playing it. I mean, it's just, I think it's like, one of two of the most affordable decks in modern that are like really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, the other being affinity. Yeah. The other being affinity. Uh, but yeah, so I went two two and I, I kid you not, the first two matchups were against Merfolk, um, which I beat both of the guys, which I was really, really happy with. Um, <laughs> so nice. you were two Oh against Merfolk against other Merfolk players. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and the thing that really cr- cracked me up was that, <clears throat> It's a mirror match, and I clearly am playing nothing but blue. I have spreading seeds. You know, I had spreading seeds in my main. I pulled them out because I'm mirroring against a guy who clearly has it. On my second round against my first opponent, he plays a spreading seed. He had a spreading seed, and he played it on my Mutavault, which, okay, but... 
I, I just didn't see the point of this. I did not see the point of it at all. Right. Um, and there's some other weird things. Like, they had, like, Tidebinder mages in there, which really weren't effective against me either. I mean, it was just, like, a weird kind of first matchup, right? Wait, wait, wait. Time out. So, people are playing <laughs> Tidebinder mage Tidebinder in modern in merfolk? Modern. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe not people. Maybe that guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I don't know, actually, because I was, like, just looking at other Merfolk decks just to get some ideas. Okay, what am I missing in my sideboard and whatnot? And there are, if you go like MTG Top 8, uh, or M- is that what it is? MTG Top 8 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, a ton of those decks have Tidebender Mages in them. Hmm. In uh, the sideboard? Or, well, or in the in, main deck? Sometimes in the main. And I think they may pull them out for the mirrors, but this guy didn't, which um, I don't know. I just didn't think it was a strong card or strong matchup against me. That sounds um, terrible. Go ahead. I, I cited in Sword of Ice and Fire because protection from blue. It's a good thing that I can always attach to something, right? And won me the game. It was just like that easy of a matchup. So um, that, that card does that, by the way. That does, yeah. And I used that twice in, in both of those Merfolk matches, and they they are what won me those games for the 2-0. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there's like... I, I thought, like, the, the I guess the meta game just wasn't really that effective against um, me. Like, it just didn't seem like they were sideboarding in the proper cards. And I don't know if it was because they were unfamiliar with these decks, maybe because, I mean, people want to be playing modern. I mean, it's a, it's a cool format, but um, I think Merfolk is probably one of the easiest decks to get kind of get started within it as well. Um, and if, it's a good deck, dude. It's a good deck. And, I mean, there are a lot of little nuances that you have to know to become familiar with that deck. And if you don't know what you can do with your Phantasmal Image or what you can do with your um, Vapor Snag, you know, I mean, those things, I think, can hose you if you're not competent with that, right? Right. Um, game three or round three, I was up against uh, Splinter Twin. I, I couldn't. Yeah, it's just that's a great deck. Just straight up great deck, um, and I went o two against that, so that was that. Uh, and then last game, loss against robots, affinity, and uh, once again that I mean, Merfolk is a fast deck, but I really do think that affinity is so much faster. I mean, they can just get things online so much more quickly. Um, well, let's let's talk about the sideboard options for that. So, like first of all, going back to uh, Splinter Twin, what do you bring in against Splinter Twin? Do you have like dampening matrix or something strange no, like that? No, I don't know. I don't have that. Um, gosh, what did I, I, you know, I don't even really have a good answer for Splinter Twin. Uh, um, Torpor Orb is probably something you need to grab onto then. Okay. Um, what about Affinity? Did you have Hercules Recall? Hercules Recall. Like I had I had two of those on my side. Um, and the pro, I didn't, I never got those cards when I needed them. And, um, it would have been great to like get that on turn four or five and just nothing. So that that really did hurt. Um, but that's like the card that I, I do have for um, um, for trying to go against Affinity. So the question is, how far away are we from playing a non Merfolk deck? Uh, very very close. So like Scapeshift is one of the decks that I'm kind of building towards, and there's some cards like I. I feel like for the deck to be competitive, I still need to get the Krypton Commands, which I only have one. I'd like to get at least three, if not four, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, uh, the Legacy deck that I played last week, which was the Blue-Red Delver, um, 
kind of putting in like Serum Visions and a couple other um, more of the modern staples. And it seems like it's a decent deck. I don't know. It's still not going to be great against a, a lot of the other um, really good modern decks, but um, it's there. I I really dig that decks, and I'm really comfortable with that deck. So I might just suit that up next month and play play that instead. If nothing else, Delver really teaches you how to play like tempo. You know, so definitely, yeah. Um, also, if you need cards, let Dustin know, dude. It's true. Like, seriously. Yeah. He, he doesn't like to tell me these things. He gets sticker shock. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. So, can I, can I bring, bring the boredom and talk about standard? Because I F and M, guys. <laughs> yes. Cameron, can we just talk? Like, dude, how do you keep losing to Mono Blue when you were playing Control? I dude. do not understand this, man. It was all so, psychological. Yeah, I think so, because look. Last week, I was a little unlucky. Um, I didn't play well. This week, I didn't play well, but I was super lucky, right? I played against Mono Blue three times, and I was playing Blue-White Control. And the match feels so easy. I mean, I didn't drop a game to Mono Blue in any of those three matches, all right? And, I mean, it's because they, they have to play into Supreme Verdict, Right, mm-hmm. and everything that they're doing is bad. The longer the game goes, you know, you're just so favored. It's unbelievable. So, the most interesting matchup of the night was I did play the nightmare matchup against um, Blue White, or I, I was playing Blue White Control. They were playing the Mazes in deck. Nice. Which on paper is pretty close to unwinnable, um, but my opponent kind of oddly. Um, so I had an Elspeth online on turn six. Okay, which isn't that big of a deal mm-hmm. um, whenever you're playing against the Mazes in deck because they have a ton of fog effects. And basically, he didn't realize that I was playing a one-of encroaching waste <laughs> in my deck. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, just to kill Mutavolt, basically, it's just kind of a, a miser copy. And especially since I'm playing two colors, I can afford kind of the you know colorless vanity lands. And um, I popped one of his guild gates, which set him back one turn. And uh, I was getting ready to kill him, and uh, he 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 basically thought that if the Mazes End was in his hand, but he had 10 gates out, that he would still win, mm-hmm. which was very weird. Yeah. And, of course, they had to call a judge, and it was ridiculous, right? But uh, I went to kill him, and I had two counter spells, and he had two fog effects, so I won. And then I won the next game by citing in Fiendslayer Paladins. <laughs> and... Uh, Wow. He didn't leave in any of his Supreme Verdicts or whatever, so I just killed him that okay. way. But, you know, I ended up, I still just have a, a huge problem with Standard. I think it's super boring. Uh, <laughs> uh, Esper Control Deck and I got to the finals and we drew. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much interesting to tell you outside of that, except this. Dude, when I am trying to play Magic, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I think Dustin and I are both becoming just old men, <laughs> I hate it when people are talking behind you at the shop, either about your game or someone else's game right there, right? And they're not really <laughs> saying anything about the game, but they're talking about it so much. Okay. And, I mean, I actually turned around and I said, do you guys mind? I'm trying to explain something to my opponent, and I, he, I can't hear him, and he oh, can't man. hear me. And I must have brought, like, the tone. You know what I mean? The, the I'm a dad tone, right? <laughs> Because later on, a guy came up to me and apologized to me. 
Wow. It was so awkward. You brought out the right? Mr. Nower. <laughs> yeah. I brought I brought the pain, right? Um but anyway, so I want to talk about the Invitational Qualifier in the next segments because I'm so pumped about that. So let's take a quick break, come back, chat about that. And welcome back. Today, Dustin and I went to a Star City Games Legacy Invitational Qualifier. And we have a lot to say about it. We Correct me if I'm wrong, Dustin. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I've never been to an IQ. No, that's a... Uh, well, you're saying... Yeah, yeah, no. First one. I'm tired. Leave me alone. What just happened? Have you gone or not? Today, <laughs> I went. <laughs> Today, you went. All Fair right. enough. <laughs> wow. Anyway. I'm just going to say I'm like totally jealous. I should have went. made the five-hour trek to get yeah. down there. and Way to go, man. Fun. Well, dude, you could have hopped a ride with me. I'll tell you, like the store was like, hey, be there at 10. So Dustin and I get up there way early. It, what they meant was the store doesn't open until 10. <laughs> so Dustin and I pull into said city. This is Columbia, right. Missouri. And pull into the co- this like gas station. Called get some coffee. Because I tell him, like, yeah, Eagle Stop. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I need some coffee. Both of us took exactly one sip of coffee, okay, oh and poured it out. It had been in that thing. For at least two days, Cameron. It was really gross. It was awful. <laughs> really gross. And so we go in and we tell them, uh, like, look, we need some actual coffee to wake up before right. we're going to play. Where should we go? And they say, hey, there's a Starbucks half mile away. How long of a drive was it, Dustin? Seven minutes? It, it, it was. I mean, you know, it was city, but it, it was definitely further than they said. And it wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. It wasn't that big of a deal. So we go to Starbucks, and I just want to paint the picture. So I drink a lot of coffee. Cameron, you drink a lot of coffee. I don't know if you drink as much as I do. It's an unhealthy amount, probably, yeah. Yeah, our hearts are in real danger, is what we're trying to say here. (laughs) Whereas Dustin, Dustin does not drink coffee, but he needed to wake up because he hadn't slept that much. And he goes to them and says, I need something that'll wake me up. You don't ever want to say that to a coffee shop employee because their tolerance... Is like on a totally different scale, man. And so they go, we'll t- what was the drink called? It was a, a double something espresso thing. It has like five shots of espresso, this, that, whatever. It has five something. shots of espresso in one drink, dude. And I got the biggest one. I look at Dustin. So Dustin's heart had literally exploded by the time you got to the... <laughs> I looked at Dustin. I was like, are you sure you want to have that much? You know, that's a lot. And I'm sure there's listeners out there that are like, that's small potatoes. Dustin drank this in about 30 minutes, Okay. <laughs> Just crushed it. A 20-ounce, five-espresso shot thing felt nothing. Felt nothing. That's what happens when you're on two hours of sleep. I was like telling them, like... Coffee's not working. Even the coffee wasn't working. So you're going to sleep well tonight. We make it back to the shop just in time to sit around for an hour while they get their Um, stuff figured out. It was more like an hour and 45 minutes. Right. 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 Now, but I guess for what more worth, people showed up than they expected, of, right? There was like, what, 63 yes. players for Legacy, which is pretty good. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with no proxies, right? It's a, right. a sanctioned invitational qualifier. And um, it was, a, I mean, in terms of the space and the judges and all that, like, that was all great. Like, they were right. ready. Once we were it ready to go, smoothly. things went very smoothly. And uh, this shop does something clever where they actually hire a pizza truck <laughs> to come by the shop and you can just buy Dude. pizza right out the front. Right? That's brilliant. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Probably somebody's cousin. Uh, that's probably brilliant. somebody's cousin. Wow. I mean, dude, let's not 
let's not talk about the unfortunate things about the state of Missouri, okay? <laughs> We're all related. We get it. Very cute. Um, but anyway, uh, so we start. And Dustin isn't playing. He starts trading. And things go slowly. But then by the end, Dustin had a line, a queue as they call it in the UK, of people waiting to trade with him. So, Dustin, how did that go for you, you today? You know, I, I keep trying to tell you this. When I'm at, like, GPs and stuff like that, this is not uncommon for me. I don't know why you find it so weird, right? I don't find it weird. I find it I, funny. I, I guess. I mean... You're moving more cards than the dealer, which is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. You're like the prom queen. I mean, really, that's right? what it is. Right, I mean, like, yeah. It, it's just... I should clarify, you are only trading. You're not doing anything right, kind of, right. like cash, whatever. I mean, I don't know. It's it's a matter of if you're going to go to an event and trade and you know what you're looking for, um, have good stuff and, you know, be fair with people. And then people want to trade with you, right? I, I don't know what more to say. <laughs> I feel also like, have dual lands. <laughs> right. Are you just going on a tangent from the first segment again? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm just saying I, I don't see this as being uh, as big of a deal as you guys. Yeah. But how did trading go? Let's trading just start there. Trading pretty good. Um, currently, I'm looking for a lot of modern stuff because I've had a lot of requests from uh, people in other regions to bring modern stuff. I guess they just can't uh, get the demand that they want for their area. So I was trading away a lot of legacy stuff towards modern stuff. And, uh, you know, Dark Confidants, Cryptic Commands, Vendillion Clicks, stuff like that. I mean, it's not a huge amount of them, but hopefully it's enough that you know, these people will be satisfied. Um, I don't know. I, I just, with where modern's gone right now, I don't see there being anything wrong with helping somebody out, you know, knowing that's what they want. And then, I don't know, just getting more stuff and just keep building the collection, right? <laughs> like you do. Right. Like you do. Um, so I actually played, right? And, uh, I haven't had to practice Legacy in a long time. And this work week was just absolutely brutal for me. So I knew that I wasn't going to have time to actually practice or anything like that. So I just suited up good old-fashioned green-white Maverick. Nice. My, my you know, heart of hearts favorite deck. Like, I love that deck to such an unhealthy degree. And I regretted that I didn't play it in St. One day Louis. we will have it fully um, foiled out. <laughs> one day we will have it fully foiled out. And uh, so it was probably one of the weirdest legacy tournaments I've ever been in. So sit down round one, and I'm playing against Death and Taxes, right? Okay. Um, which is, you know, I would say I'm slightly not favored. Not by a ton, right? Uh, but they, they tend to have a lot more dudes and more ways to kill things. Yeah. So game one, I lose this super long grindy game to uh, Brahma's, which is seeing some play in that deck in Legacy, yeah. which is kind of yeah. interesting. And um, so game two, I win real quickly. Game three, I'm in the driver's seat, but you know these are grindy games. I'm not able to close it out, and we draw. And drawing round one is super depressing, mm -hmm. right? Where you're like, hey, look at the bright side, right? <laughs> I drew round one. You know, I'm not taking any loss. I'm going to be at the front <laughs> half of the tables. Cool. No. So then I sit down to, uh, which, by the way, my first round opponent, great guy, very cool guy. I know Dustin was trading with him later. I really dug playing him. And then round two, I get paired up against Bug Delver. Do you remember this deck, Cameron? We talked about this last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. I actually really dig the deck. I think it's cool. But uh, how do you fare? 
I beat it. Nice. And Maverick can really prey on Delver decks because I'm actually able to interfere with their mana, interfere with their progression of their game plan mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, game two, I kept a super loose hand. I mulligan, and I keep five lands, a Stoneforge Mystic, and a Life from the Loam. Okay. Awesome. And I think this is solid, right? Because I'm, I have a Wasteland in those five lands. I'll be able to just kind of grind them out. Uh, he turned one Delvers. Turn two, Thought Seizes my Stoneforge Mystic. Gross, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. And I end up doing nothing that game and just get crushed. Game three, I win, and we were talking after, and the guy's like, you know, I just, he, I, he said, I just had to hope that you were a bad player because <laughs> that matchup is so terrible for me. Um, and then round three, I played against Lands, which is incredibly unfortunate and a very difficult deck for me to beat. This was the black-green variety, mm-hmm. and uh, this is weird. So the guy was great player, nice guy, but here's what happened. You know, at the end, you kind of shake hands, you talk about the matchup. What do you think he said to me? When he when he shook my hand, um, I I don't know, oh, Dustin. <laughs> I'm too tired to answer this. I don't know. He said, and I quote, "Thank you for your honor." Um, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> How were you supposed to guess that first? <laughs> what? Well, I was expecting one of you to say, "Good game, way to play off my leading." Uh, okay, jerks. Yeah. But thank you. No, he didn't for say good your game. Honor. Okay. Thank you for your honor. So now I'm going to say that to you every game, Cameron, that I crush you. <laughs> right? I'm going to be like, thank you for your honor. <laughs> Boom. You're very honorable as I destroy you. <laughs> it reminds me of the old uh, uh, Star Wars TCG. Whenever you ended your turn, you weren't you were supposed to say, "May the Force be with you." That's to right. End the turn. Right. Sure. Anyway, so lose that, uh, and then. My fourth round opponent, I get paired up against Maverick, right? Nice, okay. So I'm in the Maverick mirror, and it wasn't so much a match as it was the mutual appreciation hour. (laughs) (laughs) Every time someone would play a card, I'd be like, oh, great. Oh, dude, I love playing that card. Oh, sick, you have a Beta Savannah? Oh, sweet. You have a Foil Noble Hierarch. And like... I have to admit, we were conversing probably way too much. Now, at this point, I'm 1-1-1. So the chances of me actually doing anything in this tournament are really small. And, you know, game two, I'm basically in the driver's seat the whole time. And then he green suns for a Sigarda, which I cannot beat at all, at all, at all. And so, you know, it's a hexproof flying. Your opponent can't make you sacrifice it. Okay? 5-5. Five, okay. five. And uh, he equips it with a JIT. And basically mows down my field. But I was at 37 life or something like that from a batter skull. So we get to game three, and it's turns. Five turns already. Okay. Okay. So I, again, am kind of in the driver's seat. I feel like I'm I'm doing well, but nowhere near being able to finish the match. So we're set up for a draw, right? And I just realized we got another two-hour drive. I'm going to be one, one, and two, which is super awkward. So I just tell the guy, hey, look, I'm going to concede to you. And uh, he didn't thank me for my honor, which is really annoying. Uh, no, but he was super awesome, too. And, uh, yeah, so then we, we got it knocked out. I just decided to, to dr- concede the match and, and get out of there and drop. And then I watched Dustin trade for 45 minutes. <laughs> and then 
So why do had, I have like this feeling that it was kind of like you were Chris Farley and this other guy was Chris Farley and you're both like, remember that time I played the Knight of the Reliquary? That was awesome. <laughs> Dude, let me tell Such you something. Such a fan club. Wow. Let me tell you something about Maverick. If you're playing Maverick right now, you are true blue, right? Because <laughs> Maverick was like the deck du jour like two years ago and like everybody was playing Maverick. Okay, cool. Cool beans. Good for you guys. Just a bunch of hipsters, right? <laughs> Really? Then as soon as, you know, it's like when the Strokes finally released their second album, all those people are gone, right? <laughs> the bandwagon hoppers, the rest of us, the true fans. I don't know why I'm bringing the Strokes into this, but yeah, I am. Yeah, you really are. It is really kind of pinpointing exactly who you are as a person, but okay. <laughs> right. But now it's like, if you like Maverick, you like Maverick, right? Sure. So, uh, but dude, Legacy is so good. It is such a tragedy what's happening to this format. Every single person I talked to could not find a game in their local area, uh. right? And, you know, you have this, this place was uh, located right between Kansas City and St. Louis. And you had 60 players and everybody was so hungry to play this yeah. format. And it was a great time. All my opponents were super cool people. And it was just, it was more fun. It's just a more fun product than standard, right? Even though I did yep. worse. Yep. So the other thing you got to think anyway. about is these legacy tournaments, when they do happen, have such a good payout. You know, I mean, there's reason to be there. There's reason to play. Yeah. Yeah, and and really the way that they structure the IQ, it really makes it worth your while. I actually think the fun factor is probably higher than a legacy open into Star City. Because you kind of get that small shop feel, uh, you get a nice small, but like the the prizes are much more reachable and very good, right? Yeah. Um, but we had three judges there too, so I mean that was all covered. And the once they got the event running, it ran just like a Star City Games thing, right? It was super clean. Um, all right, so let's get out of this segment. We'll come back, talk to Cameron about becoming a Spike. And welcome back. So we're going back to our old school style. We're going to switch it up here and there. Uh, ways to train Cameron to make him become a better Magic player. Someone that you know might not play. Are we going folk, like, for example, Pavlov style on this? Like he's just going to like start doing it like second nature. He is. <laughs> it's true. He'll become yeah. a card evaluator uh, of of which the likes of the world has never seen. He's good, but with my help, he could be the best. So, Cameron, got a weird one for you today. All right. Okay. L Link is in the chat. What card do we have here? <laughs> uh, Trinisphere? Yeah. Right? Okay. As long as Trinisphere is untapped, it's a land. It costs three. Excuse me. And it's, oh, I'm sorry. It's an artifact. It costs three. There we go. As long as mm -hmm. Trinisphere is untapped, each spell that would cost less than three mana to play costs three mana to play. Mm -hmm. Additional mana in the cost may be paid with any color of mana or colorless mana. For example, a spell that would cost one in a black to play costs two in a black to play instead. What, why um, are you reading all that yeah, extra th stuff, man? I don't know. Isn't that part of it? I can't tell. Dude, he almost took his microphone <laughs> off the stand, Christina Aguilera style, yeah. like, while he was reading that. That was great. Like squinting trying to make out what this is saying uh so yeah this is an awesome card um if i were playing against this and somebody had laid this down and i'm playing a delver deck 
where I have 19 lands, and mm-hmm. I um, I mean, you know, turn four, I may still only have two lands. Turn six, I may only have three lands. And if I want to be playing, like, the cards that I need to win, I am probably unable to play any sort of, like, counterspell effectively. Um, so that's my rough... What kind of deck do you think it goes in? Because, um, I mean, you, you look at it from the perspective of a Delver player, and you're correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, when would you be using Trinisphere? As a control player, maybe? I could, Not quite. No? Okay. Um, man. I'm, hold on. I'm going to leave you on the hook here. Let's talk with Dustin. Dustin, you're too tired for me to ask <laughs> you about Trinisphere as Indeed. a card. Indeed. Right? Do you ever see Trinospheres? I see them every books? now and then. Um, not very often. That might be because uh, you know, it's a very low price compared to a lot of other cards, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people don't put that type of stuff in their trade books. I think it's a low spec right now. I mean, it's a really unusual right. effect. And if a deck becomes popular that uses Trinosphere quite a lot, it could end up like shooting up out of nowhere. I mean, you know, so there is that. So Cameron, to answer your question. Trinosphere is used a lot in decks that are artifact centric, right? Sure. Okay. Uh, so, like, a, is it, if it's a Tezzeret deck or a Koldatha Forge Master deck, or even old versions of Urzatron, right, where you are looking to ramp, and a good way for you to slow down your opponent, say if they're Merfolk or more importantly like Elves or Burn, you mm-hmm. can play Trinosphere, and they have real trouble, you know, going about their game plan on time. Right? Sure, sure. Trinisphere is... An, like, the tab thing almost never comes into play. But Trinisphere is my, one of my most obnoxious cards to play against. Right? I hate playing against Trinisphere so much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever. You don't run into it that often, but it is one of those that's very tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, let's let's close up shop. We've talked so much about so many things today. Dustin... You are going to be sleeping for the next At week. At least. You're going to enter the Odin sleep. So if someone wants to get a hold of you, they can't, correct. correct? Through his dreams. That's right. Wow, this has entered into some weird ter- territory yet again. Congratulations, yep. Cameron. Yep. Um, Cameron, if someone would like to get a hold of you, how can at, they go about that? At Cameron underscore McCoy. I am at Curtis now. You can go to our official show Twitter feed, at SpikeMTG. You can find us on our website, mtgcast.com brainstormbrewery.com and we will check you guys next week.